Welcome to the Denton's Business Insights Podcast. I'm Blair McCready, the Toronto office managing partner of Denton's, the world's largest law firm. We're launching this podcast to talk about emerging business topics for general counsel and business executives, and to talk about what those leaders need to know in order to grow, protect, operate, and finance their businesses here in Toronto and beyond. Now, today I wanna talk about privacy modernization and how those compliance costs will impact your bottom line. Privacy and data security continue to remain top of mind issues for business leaders. The Association of Corporate Counsel identified program manage, privacy program management and security tools as one of their top five legal trends in 2020. And just last week, the BTI Consulting Group identified cybersecurity as a top priority for 2021 in the eight industries with the largest legal spend. That's why I'm very pleased to be joined by my partner, Kirsten Thompson. Kirsten is the national lead of our Transformative Technologies and Data Strategy Group. She's been appointed to the Ontario government's Digital and Data Task Force and was named by the Financial Times as one of North America's top 10 innovative lawyers in 2019. More importantly, she's also led the creation of Denton's Data, which recently won a 2020 Digital Transformation Award by IT World Canada. Welcome, Kirsten. Thanks, Blair. I'm delighted to be here. Happy to talk about this particularly pressing topic. All right, so let's jump in. I want to start with privacy modernization. So as I understand it, this trend started when Europe enacted the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, in May of 2018. But since then, more than 60 jurisdictions around the globe have now enacted or proposed postmodern privacy and data protection laws. And so Canada is now moving in the same direction. So Kirsten, tell us what's on the horizon for Canada's data privacy landscape and what new measures is the government considering? Thanks, Blair. So you're right on the money there. Uh, the GDPR, like it or not, has kind of become the gold standard, or at least the benchmark by which all other privacy legislation is measured. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one is it's easy to look to another significant jurisdiction and say, hey, we're going to do what they're doing. Uh, and the other reason is that under the GDPR, transfers of personal information outside of Europe can only go to either a member state in, of Europe or to a country that has adequacy status. Canada had, has current adequacy status, but that will be up for review next year. And there's a risk that if Canada doesn't change its privacy legislation, it will lose adequacy status, which is going to throw a wrench into the works uh, for those companies that have intercompany transfers of uh, personal information between EU and Canada. So that's, that's why we're all going through this. Uh, there's another reason why privacy modernization in Canada is proceeding apace. And that's partially because technology has moved very quickly. And 
even though Canada's privacy legislation is principles-based and designed to be flexible, the reality is that data analytics, artificial intelligence, and other significant technologies have made it very difficult to apply the laws as written. <clears throat> so what's happening? Um, pretty much everything. So in the private sector, we have seen uh, the Quebec out of the gate first with Bill 64, which uh, is available. It's uh, written submissions have been submitted to that. Uh, the bill itself goes even further than the GDPR in many respects. So that is uh, one area to pay attention to. In BC, their, their provincial privacy legislation is being reviewed. Uh, there's a report on recommendations expected to be released in February. So that's another jurisdiction. Uh, Ontario has proposed that it should have its own privacy legislation and consultations are going on in that. And then the one everyone has been waiting for is the federal legislation, PIPEDA, uh, and the PIPEDA modernization. Okay, so if, if we've got sort of three different provinces and the federal government coming out with this type of privacy modernization initiative at the same time, um, are we expecting a common standard across all jurisdictions or will there be a significant variety in your view? So in consultations to date and, and conversations with clients, obviously one of the most pressing concerns that I hear over and over again is that uh, the compliance costs of disparate legislation, both internal to Canada and internationally, uh, are something to be avoided. And governments at all levels are getting that message. Now, having said that, the impetus for privacy modernization across Canada varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So the privacy legislation is not going to be identical, but it is unlikely to vary significantly. So what we can expect to sort of be harmonized, although with some, the devil is always in the details, um, there will be mandatory breach reporting. That will likely be universal. There is likely to be significant fines uh, in the modernization and order making powers. There will likely be robust requirements for privacy programs. Uh, consent is going to be revisited. A good example, the current Bill 64 in Quebec requires consent to be broken out separately from other documents and other consents. Uh, that is a significant issue for businesses who are trying to decrease friction with uh, consumers, and this will arguably increase. Uh, the private right of action has started to appear in some of the draft uh, and has been proposed uh, both federally and provincially. Uh, that would mean that individuals would have the ability to sue companies. And various changes to cross-border data flows are being proposed. So all of the privacy statutes that are being modernized will address those issues in one form or another. They will likely look very similar, but they may not be the same. Well, well this, I mean, this clearly sounds like a, a pretty huge compliance burden that that general counsel and and uh, executives are going to need to take on you know so Kirsten I, I saw a, a study um, that was released by the data Grail research firm and it stated that effectively only half of companies um, had achieved self-reported compliance with the then GDPR uh, back in 2018 even though they had been given two years 
advance notice to comply. Most of those companies that did comply uh, said that it, they spent about six months getting to that compliance standard. So as we look forward, what steps should general counsel or chief privacy offers, officers be taking now to manage their risk and get prepared? Yeah, th those numbers may sound a bit surprising, but I fully expect those numbers to be replicated in Canada. Uh, we saw this with Canada's anti-spam legislation, CASEL, a few years ago. Uh, there was a two-year transition period, and arguably that legislation had been proposed for somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 years. Uh, but I would just say from my own experience, approximately half of the organizations had a fully baked compliance plan uh, in place by the time the trigger was pulled on it. Um, and that was legislation that had significant fines attached to it and a private right of action that was proposed at the time. So we're going to see the same thing here. Uh, this is not to point the finger at organizations. Uh, it's very easy to get buried in this type of compliance project. A lot of moving parts and budgets always a challenge. Some of the things you can do, um, start now, uh, which is to say by the time you are listening to this and starting now, it will probably be two, three, six months from now. Um, inertia is always a problem. Someone in the organization should be assigned to take this on and be the person who drives it forward, or you will be caught out. Um, I have no doubt of that. One of the ways you can do this is also to stay on top of changes. Unfortunately, there is the changes coming to Canada are not going to be synchronized. Uh, so there will be a lot of moving parts. If you are operating outside of Canada, you will need to pay attention to developments in other jurisdictions, which are also changing. Brazil just announced a new uh, privacy uh, regime. China's privacy regime has changed. US has a patchwork of privacy laws that are being introduced. So my advice is to partner with outside counsel. Um, they can be your best friend. At least keep these things top of mind for you. Okay. Right now, you should be developing a plan. Um, understand what you need to do uh, and bring in your stakeholders and various business units to develop the plan, understand your risks and set your priorities. Uh, and finally, don't work in a silo. You need to understand not only where the business is right now, but where it's going to be in two years or where it wants to be in two years so that your compliance strategy aligns with business drivers. Um, IT is also going to be your friend. The GDPR and any legislation that looks like the GDPR has a large technical compliance component to it. Um, unlike the current PIPIDA and provincial privacy legislation. So the IT folks are, are going to have to be brought into the conversation. So, I mean, let me, let me pick up on a, on a, on a point you raised because as we're, as we're talking about um, everything that's involved in getting ready um, to deal with privacy modernization, there's obviously a cost that comes along with that. Um, and again, I, I'm going to go back to that same data grail study um, that said, uh, again, in connection with the GDPR, that there effectively 74% of companies spent more than $100,000 uh, US, um, the equivalent of 100,000 US, to comply with the GDPR. Um, and one third of companies with over a thousand employees spent more than a million dollars US. 
So, I mean, that's, that's obviously significant cost that's going to take a bite out of the bottom line. So for our, our general counsel and business executives, what strategies do you think they can use today to manage those costs and bring value to the business while they're operationalizing these new requirements? There's a number of strategies that will work well here. Um, one of the first ones is to take a hard look at this and develop and think about what you can automate. Um, when the GDPR came in, there were not a lot of options. There are now larger compliance uh, software packages, that sort of thing. Um, I have one caution with that though. It is not a full solution to compliance to simply install software and let it run. Uh, you must continue to own the compliance function. But what software and automated processes can do is free up the talent resources that you have to work on the high value pieces of your privacy program. And that is also gonna be a challenge because what we saw with the GDPR, what we saw with Canada's anti-spam legislation is when the legislation came into force, uh, just prior to it coming into force, there was a talent shortage. So there is currently a talent shortage of privacy professionals. Experienced privacy professionals are hard to find. Experienced privacy professionals that have experience operationalizing privacy requirements are very difficult to find. This is gonna be an increasing problem and it's going to increase risk and cost for companies. Um, one of the things we've done to address that uh, need for our clients is to introduce the virtual privacy officer, which is a subscription service to help uh, provide privacy experience and privacy talent to companies that are struggling to uh, fill these roles. Um, it's designed to backstop junior talent as they grow into roles. Um, and it's also designed to help uh, the chief financial officer, the general counsel, the CEO, or whichever other person uh, got assigned the chief privacy officer role under PIPIDA. PIPITA didn't require that that role be assigned to any specific person. So when it, the requirements came into force, that role was often just shoved onto an individual. Uh, it means that general counsel in many cases uh, is doing their general counsel role. They're probably managing contracts. They're probably also doing the chief privacy role and the privacy piece of it generally falls by the wayside. So the virtual privacy officer solution is a way to get a handle on that and, and minimize the risks associated with the talent shortage. The other thing that organizations should be thinking of and certainly something that we've developed and there's a, a large demand for it is to do a gap analysis around where a company's compliance program is under the current legislation uh, and compare that against where it needs to be in one year or two years or 18 months or whatever the timeline uh, that the company feels is appropriate. That gap analysis will give the company a good idea of the risks. It will help a company prioritize what risks need to be mitigated sooner rather than later. Uh, and it allows you to do some project planning. Uh, we've been working with a number of companies on that. These tend to be quite large projects, but they do provide a lot of insight, not just into the compliance piece, but also with the data strategy that business typically marketing wants to look at. So, I mean, you've outlined a number of, of strategies there that, that businesses can take, but I mean, let me, let me go back to a point that you made uh, earlier. 
uh, where you talked about sort of fines for, for, for non-compliance. Can, can you give um, the folks who may be listening uh, a sense of what they may be looking at in terms of what those fines um, may be as part of this modernization project? So the fines under the GDPR are significant in the millions of dollars or 4% of annual revenue. Uh, that model has been incorporated into the current Bill 64 in Quebec with, again, fines in the millions of dollars or between 2% and 4% of annual revenue of the previous fiscal year. PIPITA is expected to have something similar. In addition, the various privacy commissioners in Canada will have some form of order-making power. Uh, so there are significant risks for clients uh, of the firm and others in this area. Uh, not just the monetary risk, but the reputational risk. Privacy is a very sensitive topic amongst the Canadian public. Um, it's reputational impact of a privacy incident or mishandling people's personal information is significant. Well, Kirsten, listen, thanks for, uh, for this discussion today. Now, as these new privacy regulations emerge, businesses will obviously need to seek solutions that can appropriately scale. So what if somebody wants more information? What can they do? Well, I'd be happy if they uh, gave us a call. Um... We have the Denton's data suite of projects, uh, which are suitable for pretty much any problem that you're going, that a company will face under these new regulations. Uh, happy to have a conversation with folks looking for any of these sorts of solutions. Well, that's great. Well, listen, Kirsten, thank you very much again. I really appreciate you, uh, you joining us for this Denton's Business Insights podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks, Blair.